Support for Market Foolery comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Home plays a big role in your life. That's why Quicken Loans created Rocket Mortgage. It lets you apply simply and understand the entire mortgage process fully, so you can be confident that you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash marketfoolery. It's Thursday, July 27th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Matt Greer, and joining me in studio, we have Matt Argersinger from Motley Fool Million Dollar Portfolio and David Kretzman from Motley Fool Supernova. Gentlemen, welcome. Hey, Matt. Are you feeling it? Feeling it as always. Feeling good. Okay, well, we have lots of big earnings stories to talk about. We're going to talk um, later about PayPal. We're going to talk some Buffalo Wild Wings and Tractor Supply. David, I know that's a company that you follow. Oh, yes. But let's begin with a sleepy little social networking site called Facebook. Guys, Facebook just keeps going up. The stock up big on Thursday. Matt, stronger than expected mobile ad revenue. And now more than two billion monthly active users. Yeah, I'm trying to get my head around the numbers I'm seeing here. That's a large it's, number. Very large. Uh, you mentioned the advertising revenue up 47 percent to 9.2 billion. And keep in mind, 87 percent of that is mobile. I mean, it really wasn't a few years ago that we were saying, you know, is Facebook ever going to succeed on mobile? <laughs> They're doing it on a massive scale. Uh, operating profits were also up 47% to 4.4 billion, just showing you how how profitable this business is. Uh, and then, the, yeah, the monthly active users over 2 billion. You said it, Mac. Daily active users up 17% to 1.3 billion. So only 1.3. Right. Well, yeah. So <laughs> they still have some work to do. Uh, got some growth to go ahead there. But I mean, that's that's really the number. I mean, you think about it. Th- those are the "Quote unquote rabid users of the platform, and uh, the fact that that number is still growing at that rate, uh, given you know Facebook's pedigree at this point, is it's remarkable. Uh, the challenge ahead for Facebook. I mean, these numbers are outstanding, but I think management's gotten a little out of the head and said, you know, at, at some point we can't grow advertising revenue at the rates we're growing, just because we can't load our new people's news feeds with more ads. And I think they're pretty much at the saturation point on Facebook's the Facebook core uh, platform." So the growth is going to have to come from Instagram, and they're having massive success there. But it's also going to be, have to come from some of their uh, their chat apps, Messenger, WhatsApp, each which have a billion users, by the way, alone. Uh, and there were some a lot of questions on the conference call about their ability to, to kind of do that. It sounds like Mark Zuckerberg wants to go faster, thinks they can be monetizing those platforms a lot faster. I happen to think it's quite a challenge when you start putting ads in someone's text chat on their phone. <laughs> I think it's going to be a, a big challenge for them. So that's something to kind of get worried a little bit more about going forward. But otherwise, I mean, the, the numbers were fantastic. Yeah, I think that's the, the biggest question is what does the monetization of WhatsApp and Messenger look like? I think a lot of us here at HQ, we thought they might replicate WeChat, the, the model that WeChat had employed in China, where you actually have a lot of transactions and services within the messaging app, and it actually becomes almost the new browser. Like you, you just do everything in there. You hail a cab or a ride, you make payments, you book movie tickets, you do everything in WeChat in China, just about. But it doesn't look like Facebook is going that way anytime soon with Messenger or WhatsApp. Instead, I think they've talked about putting display ads in Messenger, which I just think, man, that that just sounds clunky and not like the best user experience. So that'll be something to watch because we are getting to the point in the year where Facebook had warned uh, about a year ago that yeah, revenue from the core Facebook platform will start to decelerate. Obviously, the number is still incredibly strong this quarter, but once that revenue from the core Facebook platform does start to decelerate, uh, we'll want to see where where they can make up that growth in other areas. Well, let's talk more about that advertising piece because. 
I, I think when you read a lot of these reports about Facebook, and today a lot of people talk about Facebook in reference to Google, like this is a cage match and only one will come out alive. Um, here's an interesting stat. Facebook ad revenue now growing at more than twice the rate of Google's ad revenue. So my question as an investor is, is there room for both Google and Facebook to be market-beating stocks over the next five and 10 years? Or is Facebook's gain necessarily Google's loss? No, no, no. I, I absolutely think there's room for both to do quite well. I, uh, I, I think both can certainly beat the market, even from today's you know sort of all-time high prices. I, the one thing, so I guess when I think about Facebook and Google, the one thing that really differentiates both is that, and it, it tends to worry me about Facebook a little more actually than Google, is that to fa for Facebook to make more money and a lot of money, it kind of always has to come at the detriment of the user experience because it's an ad-driven business, and generally users are okay with some ads, but as soon as you start throwing tons of ads in my face, display ads everywhere, I'm I'm not exactly a happy user. Google is a little more, you know, the, the power of Google is that essentially the search business is a little more consumer friendly. And so I'm searching for things, I'm looking for things. I want to see what I'm looking for. I want to see the best products, or, or I want to find see the restaurant that I'm searching for. And Google can prosper that way too. So I know that Facebook's growing faster than Google. I, I totally get that. Um, I do believe though that Alphabet slash Google might actually be able to grow at a you know a, a high rate for longer, just because. They're not going to necessarily get to a saturation point. I mean, users are searching and are driven to those ads, as opposed to Facebook, where they're sort of tolerating those ads and maybe reacting to them in positive or other ways. But it's 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 coming a little bit of the detriment user experience. And Facebook's going to hit that saturation point, I think, a lot sooner on its platforms than Alphabet. So you don't buy the idea that more and more people will search within that Facebook ecosystem, in in which case they won't need Google. Well, no, I think that that is a good point. I mean, I think there there is. The, the network effect itself and the fact that so many people, brands, are on Facebook within the Facebook ecosystem does make it a, a powerful way. And so, there's, there is a, a business ad-driven search paradigm there as well that they can prosper from. I just feel like that's not necessarily how most people are using Facebook right now. They still use Google for most of their search. And I think, look, looking at the two companies today, I, I think Google has more levers to pull down the road uh, compared to Facebook. You have YouTube, Google Photos, Google Maps, Android, just a lot of high, highly engaged services that have over a billion users uh, in, in the case of Google. And I think it's also worth asking the question: What will be the next dominant computing platform? Uh, obviously, Mark Zuckerberg a couple years ago he he made the bet that virtual reality over the next five to ten years will be the next dominant computing platform by buying Oculus. And I think it's still at this point there are more questions about: Well, are people really going to be wearing these goggles uh, or these big headsets, you know, for several hours a day? Will that really be? the next way that we engage with computers. There are more questions about that, and I think more people are realizing that maybe augmented reality and mixed reality will be the first step where you essentially have glasses or goggles on, you're still interacting with the physical world, but you have this digital world interlaid on top of that. And I think if that is the direction, augmented reality, mixed reality, I think Google is in a better position with Google Maps, Google Lens, Google Photos. And I don't know if Facebook really has uh, you know something to to push them forward with augmented reality yet? Yeah, all great points, David. And I would say all, you you know you mentioned YouTube, which I mean, so Google's all our Alphabet's already having massive success in video, and that's something that that Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook, is really trying to bet on. I mean, I think in the near term, if Facebook is going to continue generating the revenue growth rate that they are, they're going to have to make some big strides in video, where advertisers are you know getting a lot more return on investment. 
I, I just think, again, it's one of those places where Alphabet probably has a leg up, as Dave says. Well, we will keep an eye on it, guys. Not a good week and not a good day for Buffalo Wild Wings shares down on Thursday after the company reported a decline in second quarter profits. David, CEO Sally Smith pointed to higher wing cost, lower than expected same store sales, and higher operating expenses. Check, check, check. That doesn't sound great. Now, she is leaving the company. What exactly is she leaving? <laughs> not not Buffalo Wild Wings at its best. That's that's for sure. Uh, this quarter just confirmed kind of the the downfall of the company over the past year and a half. And going back to early June, we had that big proxy battle with Buffalo Wild Wings and Mercado Capital, the the activist investor group. They wanted to replace the leadership. Uh, in this case, Sally Smith. They nominated several people to to join the board. Since they uh, won that proxy. Battle on or that proxy vote on June second, shares are down twenty three percent. So chalk one up for the great <laughs> world of activist investors. Thank you guys. Uh, yeah, as a shareholder, it's been been a painful journey for Buffalo Wild Wings over the past couple of years. They've really struggled with this restaurant slowdown going back to really the start of twenty sixteen. They've almost every quarter they've missed their guidance and then missed their expectations and then lowered their guidance for the re- the coming quarters and in, in the coming year. So. They did more of the same uh, this quarter, and a lot of it does have to do with record high chicken wing prices, which make up about a third of their uh, cost of restaurant sales. So, when chicken wing prices are low, their margins are great. Investors are happy. You're not going to have activist investors, but when you have high chicken costs, chicken wing costs on top of a restaurant slowdown that's been persisting for a couple of years now. Then you you really get a recipe for poor results like this. Now you mentioned it's been a rough couple of years, but this has been a great long term performer. So when you widen the lens and you look at the last five or ten years, it's been a great stock. How about going forward? Someone looking at Buffalo Wild Wings from this point going forward, does it beat the market? I think there's still potential for it to beat the market. I'm a shareholder. I'll be holding my shares uh, right now. The board is looking for a new CEO. Sally Smith will be stepping out, uh, stepping down in the middle of August, so just within a few weeks. So, I think you want to see who they bring on board as CEO, what vision they have. Mercado Capital has really been pushing Buffalo Wild Wings to franchise the majority of their stores. Right now, it's closer to a 50-50 split. I think if, if the restaurants are performing well, it makes more sense to keep those in-house as company-operated restaurants. But a, a couple things that they are doing that I do like, they, they've rolled out a loyalty program nationwide that has 2 million members. I think that makes really a lot of sense for retailers and restaurants to do. If you don't have a loyalty program, I think there's not really a good excuse to not have one at this point. Uh, they're also testing out uh, moving more toward lower cost boneless wings. So when they're running promotions, like they've had a, for a while, they've had a half price wings Tuesday promotion. Which, when the, the the cost of your main item, chicken wings, is going up, you don't really want to be selling them for half <laughs> half price. So not a great business. Not, not a not a great combination. <laughs> but uh, boneless wings have a lower cost, so they're trying to shift their promotion more toward those. And it seems like there's some early uh, progress there. They're also doing a lot with takeout, delivery, uh, online ordering, things like that. So there is reason, I think, to be optimistic as if they can bring in the right management change in the coming months. And guys, before we talk about our next story, I want to point out that support for Market Foolery comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Chances are you're confident when it comes to your work, your hobbies, and your life. Well, Rocket Mortgage gives you the same level of confidence when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. Rocket Mortgage is simple. 
allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident that you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash marketfoolery. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states. NMLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030. And guys, let's talk PayPal. Shares of PayPal up on better than expected earnings. Matt, PayPal has now beaten expectations every quarter since it was spun off from eBay back in 2015. Yeah, I think uh, maybe Carl Icahn had a great idea a few years ago <laughs> when eBay and PayPal should break apart. I don't know if he was really the, the catalyst, but yeah, it's been as a standalone public company, it's been it's been outstanding. Uh, I mean, in in the revenue in the recent quarter, up eighteen percent to over three billion. But here's the number: they added six point five million new customer accounts. That's actually the fastest quarterly gain in over two years. So, PayPal is a platform like a lot of the platforms we're seeing that's actually seeing acceleration. In adoption and growth, it's 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 impressive. Uh, payment transactions uh, grew to 1.8 billion. That's a 23% gain. Total payment volume 106 billion. First time it's crossed the 100 billion mark. That's the amount of dollars just flowing across uh, PayPal's platform. That's incredible. That's up 23% as well. Venmo, the social payments platform, um, Facebook might have a lot to do with this. Uh, 8 billion in transactions last quarter. That's up over 100%. Over the prior year quarter, I mean, this is really now PayPal is now not just an easy way for anyone just to pay someone online, pay a shop or a merchant online with a phone. I mean, it's it's this is a sort of full fledged digital payments ecosystem in so many ways, and I think the network effect now is so strong, uh, and the partnerships they've made with credit card companies, they actually actually just did a partnership with Baidu in China for their digital wallet as well. I mean, it's just. It's really getting everywhere, um, becoming more and more popular, and so um, yeah. I mean, it's. I, I almost think it's a seventy billion dollar company now. I don't know if I see it as a standalone company much, much longer. To be honest with you, I actually think, and I, I said this probably over a year ago now. I think Facebook should have bought PayPal, but I think this is a company. If you're, I don't know, if you're if you're Facebook, if you're Amazon, you're Apple, it's it's not a big price to pay. Even if you're a J.P. Morgan or a, a Mastercard, this is a company. You, might want to be in your crosshairs. It wouldn't be too difficult to do an acquisition, even at today's market cap. So I I haven't looked at PayPal as closely as you, Matt. But one one thing I've always wondered is if I have a PayPal account, but the main item I use to to make payments is a Visa card. Does PayPal actually get a cut of the transaction from Visa? Or are they basically just saying we'll, we'll let Visa roll in here? We just want to be the platform. It depends. I mean, I think there's there are situations where the yes, they do get a small cut. It just depends on the the partnership agreement that you specifically have with that with a credit card company. I don't know exactly. In a lot of cases, it's just a matter of we want more people using PayPal because they're, that means they're probably using other services on PayPal and just you know we're, we're fine with them using a Mastercard or Visa. But in a lot of cases, no. If you're if you're going directly through PayPal, but you have a sort of credit card stored, um, both parties are taking a cut of that transaction. Got so. it. And guys, let's switch gears and talk tractor supply. Shoo! See what I did there? <laughs> Shares of tractor supply up on better than expected earnings. David, this is a stock that you talked um, recently about on our Motley Full Money show. It's one of the stocks on your radar. And I know one of the points that you made is this is one of those retailers that may be Amazon resistant. I think so. And looking at the conference call, though, an interesting sign of the times, the word online was mentioned 56 times in this conference call. The same quarter last year wasn't mentioned once. Wow. So, uh, it shows shows a sign of the times. A lot can change in a year. But they are making progress. They're still continuing to open stores. They have about 1,600 tractor supply stores. They acquired a small town uh, pet pet store 
chain called PetSense last year, which has about 160 locations. So they're continuing to build that brick and mortar retail presence, but they are also investing a lot in their online and e-commerce business. So they've completed the rollout this quarter of their buy online and pick up in store program, and. 55% 55% of their online orders are now picked up in the store through that program. And they've also noticed that the average order value through that program is higher than the average order size of someone who's just walking into the brick and mortar store and, and making a purchase without going online. So they've also rolled out a loyalty program nationwide that has 4 million members now, the, the Neighbors Club. So this was certainly an improvement from the first quarter where bat- poor weather in some of their key markets dented their results. And I'd like that management this quarter, they credited good weather for, for some of the, the positive performance. They recognize that it goes both ways when it comes to you weather. You never hear that. You, you don't weather, hear that very weather often. Weather always gets blamed, That's true. but never the credit. So, it's nice when you see a management team that gives credit to, to the weather when, when they recognize it. That that's part of the reason they they reported good results. They did lower their guidance for the rest of the year. I think part it was primarily because the first quarter just started off a lot weaker than they anticipated. But the the second quarter results as a whole were, were pretty strong. You had sales up nine percent, same store sales up two point two percent, earnings per share up eight percent. So they're not lighting the world on fire. But I think that the type of demographic they serve in these rural small town markets, I don't think uh, you know that that's a, a demographic that Amazon's going to be going after. And a lot of the items they sell are just a lot heavier, so you're not probably not going to buy a 50 pound bag of feed through Amazon. And that that might be the type of thing you buy online and pick up in the store. So I, I really like that that they are finally finally focusing more on building that internet presence, and uh, they they have a goal to. Open up to 2,500 stores in the U.S., so they still have some room to to grow there, and I think they can continue to build that online presence. Well, speaking of the online presence, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be like Steve Royder for a second. Should Tractor Supply buy FarmersOnly.com? <laughs> I mean, that that could be a nice. Now, now what what is FarmersOnly.com? <laughs> I, I, I I've you're seen... not a user, Mac. No, oh, come oh. on, Mac. No, I I only honestly I've only seen the commercials, but I think it's a dating site. For farmers, okay, okay, <laughs> and I just think as a way of boosting, sort of, you know, enriching the ecosystem and the, a lot of know, synergies there. I, I think I've, you know you could have meetups at Tractor Supply. I think that sure. makes sense. They already do some like farmers markets at at, at their stores. <sighs> so hey, some some dating meetups. And how do they Man. know? Like if you're a non-farmer and you go to that site, I mean, how do they know? Yeah, what's that registration process yeah. like? Yeah, I is there any sort of that. vetting? Yeah, but I, what non-farmers would go to that site? Well, I, mean, maybe, I mean, someone hey, who wanted to meet a farmer. Eager, yeah, sure. I mean, if you want to meet a farmer, and who wouldn't want to meet a farmer? So, yeah, yeah, that was a that was a dumb question. Farmers only. I I see an acquisition happening. I mean, it just seems to make sense <laughs> to me. Yeah, I, I could also see Amazon buying them. I mean, Amazon just seems to basically, you know, they're they're on a buying tractor supplier of or farmersonly.com. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> then you've got then you've got Whole Foods. You've got farmersonly.com. Yeah, it all makes sense to me. Oh, I think so. Blends together in my strange brain. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, as we wrap up here, Matt, we were talking about a fun little story that popped up this morning. Amazon CEO and founder Jeff Bezos is now the richest person in the world, at least at the time of this taping, because Amazon reports later today, we're taping this before Amazon reports earnings, so that could change. Could change. Um, but what do you make of that, Matt? Well, I, it, it's not surprising. I mean, you know, he's he's a 17% shareholder in, uh, in the company he founded and runs, Amazon. And so, as you see, Amazon's market value just he hit the moon. I mean, you expect eventually he was going to sort of take that mantle away from uh, Warren Buffett and uh, Bill Gates. And 
What I worry about um, as an Amazon fan, as a fan of Jeff Bezos, is that he, I feel like he's achieved this milestone so fast. And, you know, he always talks about Amazon being on day one. And, and I feel like there's so much more ahead for Amazon. What this does is, just like the Whole Foods deal, it puts an additional spotlight on Amazon and Jeff Bezos. He's now this guy worth $90 billion who's taken out the world and disrupting all these industries. And I, I, I worry at some point it's he might just be susceptible to a lot higher scrutiny just because of he's attained this this sort of new position in our society and our you know economy. And he's also been selling about a billion dollars worth of shares each year to fund his private space company. So maybe he just needs to accelerate the amount yeah, of shares. Spend he's a little selling, more, Jeff. Pump a little bit more into the space project. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we will keep an eye on it, guys. Thanks. And you will join us tomorrow with Chris and Jason for our weekly show, Motley Full Money. So we'll see you there. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Matt. As always, people on the show may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Matt Greer. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow.